So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Regan again. And Larkham. Kefu. Tai Kefu! Did he get it? That's the match winner! And here we are back again with another episode of the Running Rugby Podcast. I am joined by Toby and Leo has returned. Um, congratulations, mate. He's got a, a new face in the family. Couldn't join us last week. Similar to Sam Kane on the weekend. Um, welcoming another another Hughes baby into the world. Thanks, mate. Yeah, Sam Kane and I have a lot in common. World-class sevens, tough oh, yeah. as nails, uh, <laughs> ready to deal with extra mouths to feed. All good. Absolutely. And we'll look back at what happened in round 12. I got up closer and personal with the uh, Chiefs and Brumbies game down there in Hamilton. But before we get into that, uh, we do have some news coming out over the next sort of 24 hours or so. It may even be up by the time this podcast is up, but we're going to finally get confirmation of whether Australia gets the 2027 World Cup. Um, we look like we are front runners here. So that's going to be exciting news to keep an eye out for. And we saw in Sydney the unveiling of the new Wallabies jersey, both the uh, original and the Indigenous First Nations um, jersey. A few of the Waratahs players were out introducing that to um, the fans at a local school, I think St John's. Um, boys, what are your thoughts on the jersey? Yeah, look, Arch, I think, you know, it's not a huge change from last year. I think they've tried to fix up the collar there maybe it's not perfect but you know from my perspective the indigenous jersey bringing that back um, with the new gold color scheme looks really good and hopefully we get to see it against maybe the all blacks later in the year but that's one i think i'll be purchasing and you know asics has had a bit of a checkered history with designing the wallabies jersey but i think you know they've settled into it and this this new color scheme is cutting coming into its own now i think yeah, I'm, I'm getting used to it now and we look back at recent years and the funny superhero collar versions that were so prevalent years ago and it's it's nice to look at these and see a more traditional style. I think we still would like to see the small pop collar somewhere and the green line joining the sort of shoulders across the, across the neck is a little bit odd to me. I, I can't figure out what should be there, but just a bit eye-catching more than, more than I wanted. So... Uh, aside from that, I think it's a it's a good design, and yeah, as much of the First Nations jerseys we can get, please. Yeah, still yet to be told when we will see the Waratahs when uh, the Wallabies wearing that, and whether we'll see it in the England series at all. Um, but into our Super Rugby Pacific recap, uh, Friday night we had the Blues Rebels. Rebels got out to an early lead uh, thanks to work work of a few of their forwards, um, but then run down by the Blues and in dramatic fashion, 71 to 28, this ended up absolutely walloped by the Blues there. And up at Suncorp, the Reds, we had high hopes for them up against the Highlanders, but just a lack of star power there. Taniella Tupo, lacking him in the scrum, really hurt them. We lost Harry Wilson through this game, um, which looked like a reasonably serious injury. He got stretched off and we wish him all the best and, and still not having Jock there in the back line really hurt them, I think. 
um, Tate sort of said said that the, no one they weren't sort of supporting um, their young ten there enough to sort of help them get over the line. Highlanders take that one, 27-19. A um, bit more positive on the Saturday night with the Waratahs and Moana Pacifica. Again, Waratahs got down early, but they scrapped their way back. Izzy Parisi, amazing game again. Um, one long-range try he set up for Peach, got called back, but that was well worth a highlight. Um, but you got to congratulate Lelia Fana, who celebrated reaching 1,000 points in this game as well. Um, really touching moment there with his son coming out and bringing him in the tee to, to kick that um, that penalty to get him over a 1,000 there. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I was down in Hamilton to watch the Chiefs-Brumbies, which was a tough-fought game in the first sort of 20, 30 minutes, but the Brumbies really turned it on, and it was all class from there. Um, they didn't quite capitalise in terms of points. They kicked a lot of penalties, and the Chiefs sort of kept it close, but 38-28, and you take that at three uh, wins on the trot against New Zealand opposition. Um not quite the same as what we saw in Perth later on that evening with the force going down by 38, 53 to 15. Um, the Crusaders had something to prove, a bit more of their class there. And then Sunday afternoon, Hurricanes absolutely walloping the drawer. They get their first taste of rugby in New Zealand there, and it was 67 to 5. Um, uh, Barrettless Hurricanes team running in the tries from all areas. That one... Boys, where, where do you want to start here? There's probably there's probably not much to say, Blues Rebels. There's not a huge amount to say with the force. They've sort of been off all the draw hurricanes. Um, Brumbies, Chiefs, Waratahs, Pacifica, Reds, Highlanders. That's where the money is here. Yeah, well, those are the teams competing in the top eight, um, trying to juggle the positions around and, and snag a home final if it's possible. Brumbies looking very good in that case. They're sitting there in second. They've got sufficient points margin over the Chiefs, who are fourth currently, that it does look like it's it's unlikely if the Brumbies can pick one more game up uh, in the final three, it's very unlikely that the Chiefs will manage to surpass them. So that's a top three finish for the Brumbies all going well. Uh, and they look like a team that deserves to be there for sure. They've, they've beaten some really quality teams. Uh, Crusaders this week, Blues next week, I think is, uh, is on, on the cards. And then the the... Um, minor Pacifica to finish. So that's the one game they really need. This, this is just great to see continuity, um, a win over in New Zealand, following up the Waratahs win over in New Zealand, should say, um, two, two in the one weekend. That's probably been a very long time since that's happened. I think the Waratahs haven't won a game over in New Zealand against any opposition since 2015 was the, the stat the commentary team were mentioning. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. So, yeah, no, really positive. It was a great, great Saturday for rugby after what was a, a bit of a, a stinging Reds loss. Um, yeah, just too many injuries. Good to see O'Connor looks to be on the way back and and really good amongst, you know, these step-up guys. Um, Josh Fluke just continues to impress. Like that try he scored uh, going over the top, uh, Mitch Hunt was just amazing. Like the 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 timing of, of that movement, he didn't push off. He didn't impact Hunt at all. He just got up and hung. He was actually receiving that ball as he as he came down. Uh, it was just such a clean effort uh, to, to score that try. It was really impressive. So really good signs for the Reds and, and good depth, but there's just too many big pieces of the machine not there. Yeah, totally. And I think, look, the Reds are still in with a pretty good, um, you know, chance to make an impact in the finals. 
Um, we'll talk about their team going into next week, but they welcome back, um, you know, one key name at least. So, look, I wouldn't write them off, but they are looking a little bit shaky at the moment. Brumbies are really typifying, I think, what Australian rugby can be at the moment, um, and they look to be a real threat for this competition. You know, beating the Chiefs in Hamilton is a huge accomplishment um, and, you know, it's not the best Chiefs team we've seen in recent years, but they're still pretty competitive, pretty decent outfit. And I just really like what I'm seeing from the Brumbies and three on the trotting against New Zealand opposition. I mean, that's that's the best you can ask for at this stage of the competition. Now two really big tests coming into the next couple of weeks, but at least they've got them at home. Yeah, that's right. And let's let's just dive straight into what is round 13. Only only three rounds to go in this competition for finals. So it's really is the business end of competition. So as it stands at the moment, the standings, we have Blues, Brumbies, both on 10 points in the top two there. Crusaders only with eight wins, but lots of bonus points. So they're only four points behind the Brumbies. And then three teams on seven wins with the Chiefs, Waratahs, Reds, and then the Hurricanes on six just behind there. And then that eighth spot, um, the Highlanders only on three wins there at the moment, but the Rebels also on three wins. The Western Force are only on two, but they've got a game in hand that they'll have to make up in a few weeks' time uh, against the Pacifica as well. So it's really sort of locked in now. We're only just trying to work out who's going to get um, those sort of home finals at the moment. And as you said, it sort of feels like the Brumbies are the, the ones that aren't going to be able to slide out of the top four now. So we start off with the Highlanders facing off the Western Force um, back in Dunedin. The Force have just been disappointing these last couple of weeks. They just seem to have lost something about them. They're still naming what should be uh, pretty much their strongest team there. Um, And the Highlanders have sort of taken a bit of an alternate route here with Mitch Hunt getting benched and then moving Sam Gilbert into 10 for them. Yeah, and you presume they're taking this as one of their easier games although it is crucial that's that's the highlanders i should say um maybe the western force that i guess they're not under so many restrictions in in needing to rest key players because they don't really have that many wallabies so the the pressure on them to rest players for wallabies conditioning purposes is is not really a factor so much certainly since isaac rodder was a late start to the season as well um and it's just disappointing that they they have this strong lineup week after week and they're just not not cohesive enough. The the moves aren't coming together. Um, the forward play has been a bit ill disciplined, disappointing, um, and they and they just get pushed around on set piece. So this is an opportunity because the Highlanders aren't that they made the most of a weakened red set piece last week and a bit of ill discipline by the Reds. If the Force can improve their discipline, they've got an opportunity and they should be motivated because this really is the game they need to take uh, along with that makeup game, that they're the two that will get them just into the final series over the Highlanders if they can snag this, particularly since they are playing the team they're trying to leap. This this one makes a real difference to both sides, depending on who wins. Um, but obviously the Highlanders will be huge favourites at home, and I imagine they're getting probably a good couple of tries, but maybe a 14-and-a-half margin Um from the bookies. Yeah, look, I think it is a really big ask for the force to go over to New Zealand in the form they've been in and and get a win here. Um, You know, 
at times this year, they've looked really good in attack particularly. And I've been impressed with the, the way they've been moving around the park. But yeah, just that lack of consistency is really hurting them. And they've got some really strong performers within that team. But again, I think changes week to week has hurt them too. Um, hopefully, you know, they do take some confidence out of the times where they have been playing well. But I think they're going to miss out on playoffs, unfortunately. I think the Highlanders are destined to make it. Um, but I'd like to be surprised. I think, you know, I'd probably be tipping the Highlanders by, say, yeah, around that kind of 12-point mark. Just remind me, Leo, what did you say? I said 14 and a half, and I'm now regretting it. I reckon it's probably this Kiwi bookies will have it even further out. That was the theme a couple of weeks ago. Well, what do you want to do? Do you want to stick? No, 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 stick with 14 and a half because I'll, okay. I'll get it over Toby because he's gone under. But I, yeah. I reckon we won't, we'll be surprised that it'll be even more. Uh, well, it's 15 and a half. It's not, it's not a huge amount more, okay. but they have pushed it out a little bit further there. Um, I'm going to call it the Kiwi bookie bump. I've just got to add like a point or two every, every time I'm thinking this through. May well have to. Well, this is going to be a tough one then as well because Brumby's at home hosting the Crusaders. In Canberra, a notoriously hard place to win. Brumbies, three New Zealand teams on the trot, but Crusaders trying to fight off the critics here. And unfortunately, despite him um, signing on with the Wallabies and Australian rugby for another two years, Noel Alessio is not going to be in this team, replaced by Rod- Rodney Iona um, and the 10 jersey, and Big Bobby V also not showing up for this game in Canberra on Friday night. Yeah, look, that's that's two of their strongest performers this year gone. Um, and with the Crusaders recovering after, you know, a poor performance, coming back against the force and really punishing them, I think they'll be feeling pretty comfortable um, going into Canberra. You know, it's always a tough place to play. But the way that Bobby V has been taking them forward in games um, and the way that Noah's been directing the back line around They've still got a chance in this, but you'd have to think the Crusaders are now favourites because of those injuries. Um, And I'd be tipping them. I think the Brumbies' streak will come to an end and the Crusaders will be too clinical, too experienced. Um, And look, I hope it remains close, but I'd be saying the Crusaders favoured by eight and a half. They're not actually injured, are they, Arch? They're just, we think they're being rested. Unless I just didn't, I was going to say. It says they on. were injured on the news article. Does it say? Know. Okay, Does sorry, because I, okay. I, I was. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was tactical. I thought it was like, oh, we'll just put a, you know, a different lineup so you don't really get a true read on us. But Archie, Archie was, and I were talking about it before you dialed in, and I was looking at the table and doing the maths, and I'm like, they don't really need to win this game to make it meaningful difference because even if the Crusaders beat them, as long as they don't lose without scoring a bonus point and Crusaders do get a bonus point, then they're basically just got to win out, um, which is, includes the Blues, but um, they can they can pretty much hold a top three spot no matter what. So um, I just don't think they'd rest both of them. I feel like that's strange. Like, Yeah, but you might as well. If it was, like, if it was why just... compromise your team by parts a couple of weeks? Why not just fuck it, like throw one in the bin and then be Get kept fresh for the blues. But what? 
yeah, hard to tip the Brumbies in this one given those two key players are out. And whether it's injury or you know a bit of extra rest ahead of what will be a top-of-the-table clash with the Blues the following week, um, I think that's definitely going to impact the, the bookmakers. A lot of the good work, like Noah does some great work in the backfield, sort of playing the territorial game, uh, supporting banks, and and obviously getting the ball out into the outside backs. But like a lot of the a lot of the really clever stuff is often coming off Simone or or Tom Wright looping in as well. So I'm sure they'll still have plenty of artillery. Uh, Toby's going eight and a half. I'll I'll go seven and a half. I think it's it's right in that range. He's he's made a good call there. By the way, I'm keeping all that extra stuff in there, guys. So that's funny when you just change out of the, the voice you do anyway. <laughs> um, the bookmakers have it way closer, boys. They they trust the Bromby systems, even with a few changes there. And they have the Crusaders, but only by three and a half here, only by the, the change of a penalty goal, really. Um, so interesting. They, they're being convinced by this Brumbies team. We'd be happy with that. I mean, that, that'd be... Uh, a good result if we were well, that's a bonus to point lose. for the Brumbies, right? That's right, and that keeps them out ahead of the Crusaders. It means it's it really is just a clash. But obviously, the Blues are going to be a, possibly a game further ahead um, and un, unreachable almost mm. by that point. But um, yeah, I guess if the guys are going to be fresh the following week, then that's that's a palatable outcome. The next game is Saturday afternoon, and it comes out of uh, Western Sydney with the Drua hosting the Pacifica, um, which I think is going to be a pretty awesome game, actually. Um, the Drua, obviously, a bit disappointing last week. They weren't as well. They were playing a weird team together. Like, they had months starting at 10, so that's probably their third choice, really, um, 10 there as well. Um, not quite their strongest lineup. So I reckon they sort of had taken a bit of a week, given a bit of time to fellas. I reckon they're targeting this game as a bit of a statement game over the other expansion team um, in Super Rugby Pacific. Yeah, this, this should be an exciting game and, and a nice one for the for the history books to see who, who wins the um, the early the early clash between these two sides. I I couldn't honestly split them. I think they've both had sort of mixed success, mixed um, performance and form through this year. Um, so just giving maybe I'll give the Drua. Uh, minus two and a half, given they're the home side. It should be pretty even, should be similar styles of rugby. And uh, I just hope it gets nice and open and flowing and the defence is good. But, you know, obviously we want to see plenty of support play and offloads and kind of running rugby the Pacific Island nations are so well renowned for. Yeah, I'd have to say the drawers should be favoured. Um, I'd be in a similar range. I, You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was almost split but i'd say draw by three and a half um i think it could be a really close game i think the draw are the better team and more cohesive in attack at least and i think they have the ability to score more points on a given day so i'd be tipping the draw for sure um but yeah again there's it's teething teething problems this year and the pacifica have had a tough run i think hopefully um you know they can build into next year and you know, there's going to be there's going to be the challenges I think going forward. Fiji, whether we've got to look at maybe them being based in Australia more often um, going forward, or whether they should be actually playing in Fiji. Um, you know, that's something that needs to be considered. But yeah, give me the draw. 
And the bookies have a very close to you, boys. You have the exact right line there. Um, Leo, unfortunately, two and a half is exactly what they put down. But yeah, pretty hard to split those guys, um, especially mm. with what the draw put on the weekend and Pacifica having a bit of a stronger showing. The Blues, Reds in Eden Park. Like this is just, the Blues just seem on fire, especially from an attack point of view. Like Rico Ioani's just ripping through um, back lines or forwards or wherever he wants to go at the moment. Caleb Clark looks like he's in sort of the same form he was a few years ago where it took about 10 to 15 men to tackle him every time he got up any sort of speed. Boys, what do you think the, the punters are thinking here with this this Blues team going as hard as it is? Assume that it's going to be a full-strength Blues side. I don't actually have the starting 15 where I'm looking. No, they haven't um, announced it at this point yet. Yeah. So assuming it's Tuvasashek and, and Yuani, like that's part of the – that's a big part of their um, attacking um, powerhouse. So – it's good to see Hunter Paisami coming back in. He's he's there at twelve and Fluke at thirteen in the in the Reds lineup. And having Jock back in at ten, uh, as long as he's fully fit, which I assume they haven't rushed him back for this. Um, hopefully they're not feeling too desperate to to do that. Then taking it on face value, uh, the the real weakness is just really the front row and now the back row, unfortunately, without McWright and Wilson. So Angus Scott Young's going to have to play out of his skin. Good to see Sarah Uru starting. Connor Vest has been a good and bad. Um, look, I mean, it's going to be the Blues are going to be favourite. They're going to be favourite by, uh, I reckon, it's probably, I'm going to go seven and a half again. Um, the Reds, the, the, the set piece is going to be their problem. If the Blues start getting a push on the scrums and Dane Zander and Fadawaka can't kind of get on the good side of the ref, that's going to be a massive problem, and they're not going to have that that freakish turnover ability in the pressure points on the on the line like they usually have with McWright. So Uru is going to be very busy, and Scott Young needs to keep his nose clean. Yeah, look personally, I I don't like the look of this forward pack that they're going to be putting out against a pretty potent Blues lineup, and Blues don't have many weaknesses across the park. I really do think the Reds would need their top top lineup to actually have a chance at Eden Park against the Blues. So I'd be saying the, the margin is probably bigger than we'd expect. I'm thinking more along the lines of 13 and a half or something in that range. I do worry that the Reds, even though O'Connor's back, that might take a little bit of time to, to get him back up to, to fully full kind of match fitness and, and get his timing back. I think the Reds are going to have to play out of their skin to win this game. Yeah, and the bookies agree with you, Tobes. It's 15 and a half. They've got the Blues Ooh. by giving a lot of a lot of respect to the current table-topping team as the Reds are sort of falling down the ladder. Now below the Waratahs, um, of course, mm. um, just on points yeah. difference, which, which does hurt them. Um, this next one I am excited to see. Obviously, the Waratahs have been the biggest movers in um, 2022, like coming from zero wins last year, really shaking up the competition, and especially the fact they're at Leichhardt again. They've been pushing it to fill the hill. That's the line they keep putting through, um, trying to get tickets packed out for Leichhardt Oval, just like it was with the Crusaders. They take on this Hurricanes team, um, which we know can be good, can be bad. 
but they've, their attack's definitely been sort of on point the last few weeks, it seems like. Yeah, and interesting that Hooper isn't back starting as yet. Um, I thought we would see him back. Um, Tars have been playing awfully well. Again, I, as I said before, it's built on a lot of their defence and their intent around the park. I just think a lot of the time they're, they're more motivated and they're out hustling a lot of teams. Um, so their attitude is really, really good. Um, and I think they're, they're really playing above their talent level in a lot of areas. But as a unit, very formidable. Um, Hugh Sinclair, just guys like that that are absolute toilers and, and get around and do the work around the park. I'm really keen to see Warren Bosayatho, you know, get the ball in his hands a bit more. And I think he can do some real damage. Um, in combination with Will Harris, who, who comes back in. But, yeah, I give the Waratahs a pretty good chance if they play to their potential in this game. If they continue the form they're in, I think they could really be in a shot here to win. It was a huge performance against the Crusaders a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure they'll be able to play maybe at that level against the Hurricanes. But, again, Hurricanes are a team that you can expose, Um Waratahs, if they play some smart football, I give them a chance, but it's going to be quite a tough game. And your tip, Arjun? Uh, tip would be, look, I think... This is New Zealand TAB, remember? Look, I, I would say regardless of which TAB you're looking at, Hurricane should be favoured, but I, it's got to be close. Maybe Canes by three and a half. I reckon it'll be more than that. Um, I'll go as far as saying it's going to be eight and a half. Uh, I think the Hurricanes will be feeling a little bit, um, I suppose, vulnerable still, more for more for seeding going to finals. They really want to leapfrog these Australian teams and they've got to make up this game um, and see those two Waratahs-Reds teams lose a game this week to do it. Um, there's still a chance really at climbing past the Chiefs if, if they get a really good run. So they'll be putting out a good team. They put out their sort of half-strength team last week. So they got guys like Geordie should be fresh. Um, maybe Garden Bashup will be back in at 10, not sure. I think the the Waratahs, yeah, they look like they've got um, like some good consistency there. They need, a, they need a faster start than they had last week. Um, and that back row to get really physical and, and pinch some ball. Charlie Gamble's just been an animal, so more of that, please. And I'll just be really keen to see Ned Hannigan running back out there. It's going to be coming off the bench. Paddy Ryan, too, to see the form those guys have been in um, playing in Japan. Good to have familiar reserves coming back, hopefully integrating straight into that system and, and providing a bit of punch in the final 30. Uh, so, yeah, it's still the still the Hurricanes favourite, but Waratahs definitely, definitely have a chance if they look at the the recent games the Highlanders have lost. It's been about targeting certain players, keeping them out of the game, and um, and just rolling your attack. They've, they've shown they've got plenty of attack this year. They need to do more of the same. Mm, so the bookies have it six and a half. So they are just closer there, um, almost right down the middle of you two. The biggest sort of thing that I think I noticed, especially in the Pacifica game, was um, Tana Edmund and Ben Donaldson. The difference between those two is very little in attack. But Donaldson's kicking game and territory and like handling the play there is just slightly better. He's got a bigger boot on him and he just seems to be a bit smarter with his kicking. And so I just, I'm a little bit worried. I think you might see an early substitution, maybe even 
soon after halftime to get Donaldson out there because I feel like when you're coming up against um, the likes of sort of Geordie Barrett and stuff and some of these guys, and particularly TJ Perinara, they're very good at their tactical kicking um, and keeping like teams pinned back. So that's that's the bit that I worry about. And hopefully if the Tars can get up in the territory stakes, I reckon they'll they'll take this one. Yeah, that's fair. The, um, the Tars don't really have a big boot, right? Until Donaldson comes on, they don't have a big boot to match Geordie. So that's, that's yeah. one thing that they're definitely at a disadvantage for early on. Mm. The final game of the round is the Rebels hosting the Chiefs down at Amy Park. And Leo, I heard you say the Hurricanes could potentially beat, um, jump above the Chiefs if they get a good run. But the way the end of the Chiefs season is looking with the Rebels, the Western Force, and then the Drua, I think it's probably unlikely anyone's going to oh. catch them because they... I'm yeah. sure they'd be backing themselves for a couple of big wins and probably a couple of bonus points here. Um, but what do you reckon? Oh, I can't see the Rebels beating the Chiefs. The Chiefs would have to be so far off their game. The refs' calls would have to be so far off off parity. Um, you know, it's good that they've got Ponifalmasili playing well. Like, need need some of those big characters, big big ball runners to be pretty active. Good to have Leota back. Um, we think Kellaway's doing all right at 13. I still prefer him on the wing, but um, look, the, the Reds, sorry, the Rebels are at least fielding the better, better version of their team aside from Joe Powell. I think it still amazes me that Tuttle keeps getting a start. I think I still think Tuttle's uh, second or even third best on this side. Um, they're not going to be able to match it with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are elite. Um, and and coming off a stinging loss to the Brumbies at home. So they're going to be pretty motivated. I assume the Rebels are going to be the underdog pretty heavily, probably like, I don't know, 16 and a half. I, I don't give them much chance. I think the Chiefs will come into this with a, with a real uh, motivation for big points and climb the table further. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo everything Leo said there. I think the Chiefs, will be really motivated knowing that they can they can get within, you know, reach of a, a home final. Um, and, look, in Melbourne, I don't think that really plays a part. The Rebels just aren't an elite team in this competition. They're quite far off the pace. Chiefs will really rebound strong here. I'd tip them by, say, 21 and a half for the line. Um there's a lot of guys in that lineup still looking to impress the selectors from an All Blacks perspective. And I think they're just a really highly talented team who, again, I think a bit of a dark horse leading into a playoff series. I think they could take down some of the more heavily favoured Australian and New Zealand teams in maybe the Brumbies, Blues, Crusaders. On their day, they can mix it with the best and they'll be far too classy for the, for the Rebels. So they've only got it at 15 and a half, which I was really quite surprised by, I think, considering that's the same margin between the Blues and the Reds at this stage. Um, yeah, I'm surprised it isn't, isn't further, considering what the Chiefs have been able to do. And I don't think, like, they weren't on the top of their game last weekend, but they do have some players that are playing out of their skin sort of this year, and they have that dominant sort of forward pack there, so... Yeah, I do worry about what, what the score is going to end up being. Um, it, it does feel a little bit like we're not going to get, it's going to be one of these rounds where there's not going to be a lot of glory for Australian teams. I'm hoping the 
Brumbies and Tars can put a bit of pressure on here. But yeah, it might be a bit similar last week with a few blowouts. Maybe the Chiefs are maybe maybe there's some expectation that they're going to field uh, a, a B team or an A two team. Like yeah, true. Maybe the, they are this might be a, a three weeks out from finals. Give give certain key guys a rest. Um, you'd fancy that you can get this done with a few reserves on the field against the the rebels who really just yeah I mean they're if they're hot and cold it's cold cold hot frozen frozen you know there's, there's, they have their, their odd moment in a game um, got a bit lucky last week to to keep it as sort of um, well, it wasn't close but you know to even to score the tries they did I guess um, opportunistic but not really a team that's constructing a lot of opportunities, unfortunately. But they've got to bear with it. They've got to give Carter Gordon heaps of time. Um, I think he's got potential, and I don't think you achieve that potential if he's not getting minutes. So expose him to as much as you can, teach him what a tough loss feels like and get some motivation in these guys to do better. Mm. It's always next year. Yeah, and look, I hope there can be even some upset wins this week for Australian teams because... There's been a whole lot of chat in the media last couple of weeks at least about the resurgence of Australian rugby and these super teams performing well. And even some of the New Zealand pundits out there have really been acknowledging how well the Australian teams have done this year and the fact that perhaps it isn't a, a, you know, a false new dawn, it's actually legitimate this time and there will be a step up in performance even from Wallaby's perspective going into the Test match season. Um, you know, I think we've got to be careful not to get carried away because we tend to do that when we get a little run of form. We need to really carry it through. And if we do position ourselves with three teams in the playoffs, as it looks like there will be, you know, we do have a real opportunity to make a mark and perhaps secure a title because they don't come around too often. Um, but I think, you know, there's been a real step forward this year generally. And it feels like there's a pretty good attitude around, you know, the key rugby states in Queensland, New South Wales and ACT, they're playing well. And that's really bringing the crowds back for the most part. Obviously, we want these newer, you know, super rugby franchises. They're not that new anymore, but still, you know, the Force and Rebels, we want them to be performing well too. But with the key stakeholders here, um, you know, particularly Leichhardt filling out with spectators is pretty glorious from my perspective. And going into next year with a new stadium for the Waratahs, that's going to be huge as well. So there's a fair bit of buoyancy around in, in attitude. And Arch, you know, if the World Cup comes our way, I think it that just could another, just be the icing on the cake this mm, week. Absolutely. Another draw card there. Um, and we also have the Wallaroos playing um, over the weekend. They faced off against Fiji um, in what was almost a bit of a rematch with a lot of the Waratahs women and the Fiji and Fijiana um, in their team. But the, the Wallaroos got, got up in this one, 36-19, which was a great result. A little bit disappointing when a few of them had to come back and play Japan just on Tuesday night this week, um, which was a bit of a sloppy affair down on the Gold Coast, nil all at halftime and ended up being 12-10 to the Japanese, um, which was incredibly surprising considering the last time these two teams played um, about three years ago, uh, it was a 46-3 to game for the Wallaroos. So um, big change and 
unfortunately missing all their sort of conversions plus a penalty goal in this one. So lost that chance to win. But Wallaroos are proving that they're, they've got a bit to work on before they get to New Zealand later on in the year. But they've got a fair few more games and test matches luckily coming up um, against uh, the likes of New Zealand and um, Canada as well. Uh, that they can help sort of hone hone their skills. Cool. Let's leave it there, guys. Um, as always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Running Rugby Podcast or at Running Rugby Pod. Um, and make sure you are liking and subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we'll be looking forward to hopefully some good performances this weekend. And as always, we're getting ever closer to those Wallaby squad selections and announcements. So every game matters. And I just a very quick shout out to Andrew Regan of the Orange um, Emus Rugby Club. He had a pretty horrendous spinal injury. Um, I'm not sure if it was last weekend or the week before, but he's been recovering in hospital. And, you know, we shared a GoFundMe page where they're trying to raise some money for his family. So, you know, I encourage people to get behind that where they can and donate because um, every little bit counts. So, you know, get on there and, and see what you can do and make an impact because, um, yeah, this rugby community, it can really band together and, and help people when they're in times of need. Absolutely. And just reiterating that, can those links can be find, found through our Instagram at Running Rugby Podcast. Um, so you'll be able to see that there as well. Boys, thanks for tuning in once again. Um, we'll be back next week. And as always, keep on running. Run.